everybody. Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Thank you for joining. If you're on the YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, all that jazz. We need some more of that. I'm here today with Ethan Fender. Really excited to talk to him. Super talented logo designer that I've been following on Instagram for a little bit. And how's it going, man? Good. How are you, Jesse? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we're just talking about the time difference. I'm sure you've been up for a while other than me getting up kind of late. <laughs> totally understandable, man. My uh, schedule is pretty random. So yeah, sometimes it's early. Sometimes it's a little late. Yeah. And are you, um, <laughs> you're like full time just with your studio and freelance stuff, right? That's correct. Yeah. So yep. do you set, like, do you usually set a schedule for yourself or you kind of work when, when you want with that t- the different projects and everything? It's, pretty open-minded honestly um sometimes i'll just wake up a little later you know i'm watching something or working late then i'll you know kind of wake up late uh other times i i can't really sleep because i got a lot of ideas or i I just got a lot of energy and i'll get up at like six or seven yeah Uh, sometimes that's because of noisy neighbors too and i'm like i just got to get up and work and create (laughs) so yeah uh, by the way, thank you for having me on. I forgot to say that earlier. Oh, yeah, Appreciate of course, it. man. You're uh, definitely, I actually found out about you from a previous guest. Uh, I was. I talked with, um, I don't know if you know them, but um, Kel Lauren, and uh, they're, they're a designer <laughs> from uh, Portland, YouTuber and stuff, and they recommended you as, as someone that they like to follow that um, is very different from their style, like just to get <laughs> inspiration from. And ever since then, I was like, man, Cause you're, you're like, if you haven't checked out Ethan's work, definitely go scope it on Instagram. Very, very strong, like modernist logo style, like kind of a uh, very reminiscent of a lot of like Aaron Draplin stuff too. And I really like your work is, um, really, uh, great. So yeah, I just wanted to say that off right from the cool. top, man. I'll have to take a look at their work. Yeah. I appreciate the shout out and yeah. Thanks again. Yeah, most stuff. So Good to be here. <laughs> what kind of stuff have you kind of been up to lately? Uh, yeah, so lately, so I, you may have noticed I took kind of a break off of mm-hmm. just posting stuff for a while. And yeah. I feel like I go through phases like that, <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe once a year, twice a year, where I just kind of disappear for a bit and I need to, to breathe, to think, spend more time with my wife, Yeah, uh, whether it's just could be, you know, just getting out, going on dates or watching a lot of shows and movies with her or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I'm kind of getting back into, you know, just, just posting a lot of work that I've been passionate about. And uh, yeah. lately, um, you probably noticed like a lot of the work is kind of geared towards my approach, my modernist sort of like what, you know, the idea of the future, uh, futuristic stylization, I guess, towards old stuff so it's like medieval mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot a lot of things that i'm passionate about like whether it's musically or uh gaming all that kind of stuff i kind of gear towards uh, ancient sounding things you know medieval medieval oriented type of thing yeah um, or fantasy folklore whatever you want to call it um so my content's kind of gearing towards that um not only because uh, i'm passionate about it but I, I think it's just a fascinating thing to dive into Mm-hmm. Um, uh, studying the history of it, you know, and how it influences culture today. So that's, that's, uh, kind of the content that I'm trying to put out now. And I just want to do it like forever. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. It's crazy to see, like, I've been seeing some of the stuff you've been doing, like with the Skyrim and a few other, like the <laughs> medieval stuff. And it's crazy to see, like, it's probably it's easy to overlook that stuff but if you look at a lot of those old things like even just like the shields and all kinds of stuff there's so much like little gem like design like little tropes and and shapes and and icons like even way back then and it's crazy to think that they were just like painting that on or whatever they were doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's insane to think about any kind of even like the whole 60s 70s like maybe that was kind of became a trend to study that and collect those books. I kind of noticed that over the past maybe five years, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it should be a good trend that never, you know, people never get rid of. Right. And they d- kind of dive into that craftsmanship and the patience that those guys had before we were able to do it on computers, which is 
kind of the easy mode, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to even push myself just to draw a lot more and share more of that too. So mm-hmm. I don't always have the greatest habit of like including that with every post, but right. I'd like to kind of get to that point, you know, um, just walk people through stuff a little more. And then of course you've got uh, a handful of people and I have to apologize because they've asked several times for tutorials or videos, <laughs> how to do stuff. And I, you probably know, um, having talked to you earlier on chat on Instagram that I, <laughs> I'm a little weak when it comes to uh, recording type of stuff and yeah. video audio. So it's one I have to really carve out time for. <laughs> yeah. And that stuff, like, it's good, though, um, to kind of show some of that background and process, because especially with uh, a lot of people's Instagram and stuff, everything's so curated and, like, perfect. It's nice to see, like, how people got there because it, like, humanizes it a lot more. Like, you could look at your page and just be like, damn, this guy just busts out logos so quick. He's, like, really good. But you got to see like the work that you put into it. I'm sure you have tons of sketches and all kinds of <laughs> process that before you get to like that final mark. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's quite a process to it. And some things obviously come a lot quicker than others. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when you're customizing things that takes a lot more time and effort. So I think that goes into the whole rationale of how you talk to, you know, if someone questions, Oh, why do you, why do you uh, cost X amount? And you can't, you know, kind of walk them through without yeah. feeling defensive about it. You're, you're just trying to get me practical and you know, help them realize that it's not always for everyone, right? If you have like, I don't know, premium price, I don't think I do have a premium price, but, uh, you know, kind of walking through people. Uh, that always is something that I'm learning a lot. Every mm-hmm. time I'm, I'm learning a lot when, <laughs> when I do that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. <laughs> also, like a lot of people, they're not even some people like are malicious and and like, you know, cheap or whatever. But some people, <laughs> they're just so like, you know, unaware of like what things even cost that when they make when they tell you like prices and stuff. I don't even think they're intentionally being like rude. They just actually genuinely thought it should only cost like a hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever it may be, you know. So, Oh, man. It, yeah, that seems to be it pretty common conversation that designers have amongst each other. And I think it's good to talk about and learn from each other. Cause I know for sure when I was just starting out, I had a lot of struggles with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, how do you talk to someone without sounding upset that they, they, you know, thought it costed only X amount, but um, being respectful and trying to educate them a little bit. And it, you know, if they, if they just can't respect that and, there's somebody else out there that they mm-hmm. can work with. Yeah. And I, I, I took me a while to, to learn that, you know, I could just say no, if it's not good, you know, when I was, uh, I'm still like not mm-hmm. super experienced, I guess, in terms of years and things. But when I was first starting out, it was, I felt like this sense of panic where like, if I said no, then there wasn't going to be like another project, you know, like I needed to <laughs> sure. take that. I, I fully understand. Even now, like I love taking on everything I can. Um, um, like, cause you know, sometimes you think of certain fields of interest, especially music. I think music, at least from my experience, they have been low budget, but yeah. I love some of the stuff I love and I'm like, well, I would love to help you. So, it's always interesting to see the different categories of businesses and right. some people are like, they'll look down on if you don't charge, you know, a higher amount, they'll think, oh, okay, this is kind of a joke or yeah. you know, just not what you expected. So is it happy medium? For <laughs> and sure. that's what I always try to, you know, tell the, tell the newer inquiries. Now I've kind of find myself telling, well, this is kind of a happy medium and, it works for most people. So that's mm-hmm. why I charge that. Yeah, for sure. And I <laughs> so feel like, um, like with music and stuff you're saying to me, um, if I'm going to charge like a lower rate, I feel like that has to go like parallel with how exciting the project is, you know, that way I at <laughs> yeah. least am, I'm not hating it uh-huh. and it's cheap. You know, if uh, yeah. it's super boring, you're probably going to want to upcharge a little bit cause you could care less if it, you know, doesn't like, <laughs> 
turn out like the way you want it or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be excited about the work you do. I think those are the best people. I know I've talked to a couple guys, uh, whether they're in or outside of design, the design industry, and let them know that I kind of like to share work I'm passionate about, and I don't yeah. ask anybody to work with me. So they, they simply resonate with some kind of experience of my work, whether it's on Dribbble or Instagram or mm-hmm. something sparked like a nostalgia thing or a color thing. And they just felt some kind of real connection. Right. And I think those are incredible people to work with because they, they have a relationship with it and yeah. they, they believe in you, you know, and then it's like we take each other to another level uh, and we're having fun while we do that. So it's not a, I wouldn't say it's super common, but the people that are out there who do respect that, that's exciting. That's kind of what drives mm-hmm. me to do what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. When you get that client where it's like you guys are just from the get go, you know, like agreeing and firing on all cylinders, you know, there's, you know, you send them like the initial drafts and they're just like, couldn't be better, you know, perfect. And you mm-hmm. guys have the same interest. Uh, that's like, that, that probably happens to me maybe like every five or whatever, where it's like really <laughs> just like perfect. And I mean, that's what makes you really feel like excited about freelancing and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it gives you, it's like a nice little boost that you need after working on like a, tr- a project that may have dragged on or something like that. Oh. oh yeah. We've all been through that. Right. And so I think that's part of the, the tool aspect of all these different social media platforms and i can tell you're very well in tune with using many of them and that's smart Mm -hmm. yeah that's really smart because you you just never know (laughs) who's gonna run into something that they relate to or your podcast for example too that's exciting because not a lot of people talk about i'm i even have a tendency not to be communal as much i'm a little bit more reclusive so this mm-hmm. is new to me but i think it's really important so it's good you're yeah. doing this type of thing because people that are not designers might just watch a bunch right. of your podcast and learn a lot learn how to treat designers better so you're adding value that way and then also adding value to po- perhaps your business right they might mm-hmm. come to you because they like that you're establishing this type of community yeah there's definitely like two lanes because not only am I interviewing with like designers, but I am trying to keep it like somewhat broad where I've had like a few artists I've had on like a producer coming on, like a, just kind of creatives in general, but designs definitely like at the forefront just because that's in my network. Those are the easiest people to access because we're, we're mutuals in that sense. And then there's also the people that just like, just like the, the guests because they admire their art, you know? So then they get to, listen to stuff and then the people that actually are designers also get to listen and it's two different viewing experiences but i think it's beneficial to like both of those parties for sure and Mm -hmm. um i wanted to get into this uh before but i was kind of wondering um like if you could give me a little bit of background on you just as a designer kind of tell people how you got to where you're at right now sure yeah, so I, I'm actually from a small town called Utica, Ohio. Yeah, you've probably okay. never heard of it, but yeah, it's a, it's like an hour northeast of Columbus here, which is the capital of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, just grew up there, was always drawing a lot. My parents kind of always encouraged me to keep creating, drawing, and they didn't know mm-hmm. too much about graphic design or anything like that. But I had maybe friends and family were kind of using the word graphic design and, hey, you should go to college for it. And I had no idea kind of what that was. And um, my brother went to to the college kind of nearby, Mount Vernon Nazarene. So that's where I went because I looked up to him, still do. Uh, He's he's a lot older than, well, 16 years older than I am. (laughs) Went there, did design school for four years, uh, bachelor, you know, and kind of got out. Like I was a little bit of a rebel in class because some of the assignments I would always surprise the teacher at the end when they would say, do this. And yeah. it would be like, yeah, sounds good, but <laughs> yeah. let's just see what happens. I don't know. There's something really fascinating about surprising people with stuff. 
you don't always like just tell, you know, they don't always know exactly what's going to happen. So you give them something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was a little bit of a rebellious student at there at the end um, because I, I didn't have a job or anything lined up. Like I didn't do what, what the, they did the right thing, right? They, yeah. they had things lined up. I was just like, I want to get out and I want to do my own thing, but I don't really have too much of a plan. Um, so I had an odd job. I just, I was at a warehouse for a while. I had like a small marketing job for a while and it was like trying to convince people to, you know, door to door and buy oh, extra yeah. TV. And it was just, it was awful because I'm not like that. I would never try to bullshit somebody on, into buying something that doesn't really add value into their life. Right. So it was a weird, <laughs> a weird like month and a half. And I just, I, I honestly don't remember applying to the warehouse at L Brands here, mm-hmm. but I did apparently. And that's where I started working for a while. So, yeah, as you can see, I'm not a very, uh, what, standard design story where you, right. you get a nine-to-five design job right away. It was just like I worked in this warehouse. I kept me active, and I was just drawing a lot, like getting inspiration. Like I started collecting, like, you know, a handful of these books and stuff. I don't have all of them um, here even at our apartment. I have a bunch of them left at my parents' place I have to bring over. Um, so I spent, you know, a lot of money, a lot of that warehouse money on just like yeah. design books that excited me, got me excited about the craft and just like kind of teaching myself how to, uh, take things out of those books and just learn how to do them from scratch. Mm-hmm. I used to come home cause that was that late shift. So I used to just come home and it would be like 12 o'clock uh, and I would just dive into it for another three or four hours yeah. and then wake up late. So it was kind of that. As, I guess the schedule I never thought I would have, like staying up super late like that and just working on stuff that I was excited about that nobody else knew I was that excited about it. But of course that was a, you know, Instagram, I started kind of creating my Instagram stuff. And mm-hmm. I think over time it's just become more organized and sort of more strategic as far as like the, the brand essence of the black and orange and, right. <laughs> you know, just, stuff that's like a little bit more modern and cleaner. Yeah. Uh, So that, you know, of course that took a while and everything. Um, Well, long story short, I know I'm probably rambling. No, you're good. I was at the warehouse and that warehouse was the company. So the company owns like Victoria's Secrets, Bath and Body Works. Mm. Um, They're just called L Brands. And uh, so I was there, but I made some connections and I actually got connected into a nine to five job, like two and a half years into that like warehouse job. Um, so I just started doing production work. Um, okay. So so the intro was kind of like, are you cool with the fact that you're not really going to do creating your own stuff all the time? Because we see yeah. like your portfolio has all this crazy symbol stuff and it's not really what we do. But I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, it was a lot more money. And I at that time, it was ideal to just make more money and to learn some sure. stuff, in the, like a design job. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, sign um basically sign art right a lot of like art directors creative directors over me Mm -hmm. telling me how to do that type of stuff how to uh, work with color get really good with pantone and just the production aspect of it and sending them out to vendors um which as much as i wouldn't have like been proud or like not super proud of being a victoria's secret production designer which is like laughable right like (laughs) like you see my work and it's like yeah. What is this? How? How did this happen? Uh, I learned a ton, though. Like, yeah. it, there was some great value in that job that taught me um, just how to be organized, how to be systematic. And I definitely took those habits, those good habits, and applied them to how I build files now. And InDesign right. files, like making an agreement and stuff. Like, I'll do it in InDesign and you know, I actually kind of tried to make it somewhat creative, not just this like antiquated mm-hmm. 11 or 15 page thing that <laughs> it, it's like old English kind of right. style writing. I, I do like a two page simple, maybe it's yeah. not the, the best way, like lawyers would probably frown upon it, right? But you're talking for like your contract and stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah. a small written agreement, something I'm pretty, uh, I guess I'm old school, just pretty simple. Like I keep my word, you keep yours. We're chill. Let's yeah. just do something awesome together and stay aligned with the project. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, and that production but, uh, work, it, it really is like 
uh, when I was working at this one agency, there were some projects I'd be on where we were heavy in um, big uh, out of home, like advertising and stuff for movies and things. So we had to learn a lot about, yeah, Pantone and like color correction and InDesign and, you know, getting stuff ready for print and all that. And yeah, it's not very like creatively exciting, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's not something that you would seek out on your own. So it's good that you were kind of forced to learn it. And also that like, it gives you um, just even that more drive that you wanted to go home and like open the book and draw for three hours because you had to do that other shit at the nine to five, you know? Ah, dude. Yeah, it was <laughs> exactly. I, I fully relate to that aspect. And I, I mean, I was, there was times where I think it's weird cause I'm not a groupie. Right. So I didn't go to lunch and talk about celebrities with people. I was kind of an outsider <laughs> where mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, doing my own thing and always thinking about like how I can improve design stuff, whether it's like stuff I see out in the world or things that I want to work on and share with people. So I'm kind of wired like that. And it can be, I think a lot of people thought I was a little bit, I don't know, off-putting or just not social. Yeah. (laughs) So, so that was kind of weird there at that nine to five environment for me. It made me pretty uncomfortable but there was a couple people too that were ahead of me or that had been there longer who I think they supported me and they tried to encourage me. So yeah. I'm grateful for that <laughs> because, well, okay. So, you know, I, I was there for what, two and a half years or something like that. So warehouse two and a half years there at VS production two and a half years, something like that. Um, it was like October, 2019. I got out. Well, mm-hmm. so they, they were doing layoffs, right? And it was weird because the day before uh, a coworker told me, Hey, I think something weird's going on. Cause a lot of these people are in tune. Yeah. Like they, they talk yeah. to the, to the creative directors. I'm a little bit more like I do my own thing. I do exactly what you need me to at right. the best I can, but I don't go to the, you know, I wouldn't go to the art director's desk to talk about any, anything outside of work. I guess that's just how I'm wired. Um, so they do stuff, right? Um, so I was like, okay, well, I better prepare myself for some kind of change or if I got, mm-hmm. you know, get let go or whatever. Yeah. The next day I get laid off. Yeah. Um, so, and they all knew I did my own business. I was always like, people always ask me like, what did you do on the weekend? I, I worked on stuff. I, I made more money than I did here in like four months and in a week, you know, <laughs> yeah, just funny. Um, but no, it was like, it's like stuff I love to do. Right. Um, so I kind of felt weird every time people were asking what I was doing on the weekend. Uh, but yeah, man, they, and it, it's weird cause it's, it's literally the best thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the intentions or the reasoning too much was behind those layoffs. And I think there was like maybe 50 or 60 people just throughout the entire building that were laid off. Wow. Um, so I like to think maybe they just, they knew I did something else already because other people went home and chilled, right? They didn't work mm-hmm. on stuff and that's okay, right? A lot of people love to do that nine to five. That's cool for them. I, yeah. I don't look down upon that. And so that happened um, and I immediately just felt relieved. I felt so excited. I felt like more free than I'd ever felt. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird because hr is talking to me and they're like you seem kind of happy about this yeah you seem kind of excited i'm like well i've been kind of working on stuff outside of this for a while and i love doing it and i just didn't i don't know i didn't feel afraid i just felt excited i felt excited to just yeah pursue it um so i don't know in a lot of ways that's really lucky for someone mm-hmm. like me, because I tend to overthink. So I thought about this the whole, you know, for <laughs> the whole time I was there, basically. After a few months, I was kind of bored right. doing production work, still learning some good stuff, but bored because I felt like I wasn't challenged and mm-hmm. like, why can't I create a direction? <laughs> like, it's kind of yeah. like when you do your own thing, like, I don't hire anybody. Like, to do taxes, yeah, I pay tax act, whatever amount. <laughs> each year but i don't have anybody to hire because i just have a certain way i do stuff those those standards are exciting to me (laughs) yeah and i'm the same uh, way when i was ready to leave my job like (laughs) 
I don't know. Like it's easy to feel like it's never like the right time. You know, I, I probably could have been, yeah. I probably could have been making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the side. And I still would have thought like, I don't know if it's too risky, you know, cause I get very, oh, yeah. it's easy to get very like logical about it like that. But the one thing I realize mm-hmm. is that, you know, having the other job while you're trying to do the side thing, you'll never, it's really hard to ever feel like you can fully do it because that day job's taking all the time away from the side thing. Once you have all the time you can put into the freelance thing, it's like ever since mm-hmm. I started, I've been able to clear like just as much as I was at the job, if not more sometimes. So it's like, it's very relieving too. You're like, wow, maybe it wasn't like such a crazy risky decision after all, despite what, you know, people outside of like our little design zeitgeist may uh-huh. think. <laughs> No, that's super exciting and good for you. Congrats Thank for you, you because, yeah, I, I encourage it. I mean, I mean, more power to you for just actually doing it without <laughs> getting laid off. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I just got kind of lucky there. Um, so I, I try to make sure people know that I feel very fortunate that it happened, you know, uh, because now I just feel free to do what I need to do. And yeah. I think... I don't know if it's like, you know, building a, a following or not because just dribble, I don't have a ton of, you know, a big following on there, but people are starting to send a lot more inquiries than you, mm. than they used to. Uh, so just sharing anything that you're excited about. I think there's something like kind of not spiritual, but something special about when you put your magic into stuff. Yeah. Someone out there is going to be obsessed with it almost. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there, and sometimes they'll over, well, they'll, they'll be like me. If I were a client, like, oh, I don't know if I should go with this person. They they do that because I've had people watch me for three years. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I had no idea that you were, yeah. you know, watching the work. You were just, you know, waiting for a time that you thought was better to reach out and stuff. So, um, I mean, yeah, we need more people like that. It's like the day of age where you can break out and do your own. You mm-hmm. can think for yourself. The system doesn't own you. You own the Definitely. system. You can think for yourself. Be a rebel. Like, fuck this system. I'm I'm totally against. Like, that's, like I said, as a student, I feel like that's something that I was just inclined to kind of break the rules and stuff. And... I don't know. There's something fun about it. <laughs> like, yeah. There was the same people, people in to... my program that, uh, were like rebels or whatever. And like kind of went against some of the stuff. And those are the same people that are doing the best. Now the people that were really? just straight and arrow, like they're kind of like, they couldn't find a job right away. And then they kind of didn't know how to think on their feet, you know? Oh, dude, that's crazy. Interesting to hear that. Yeah, I think there's something special about that because it also says that you're not just, you know, like we see so much graphic design per day. Like you can go on Pinterest and see incredible stuff or Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, but like just kind of take sometimes taking a break. I noticed for me, like not looking at that stuff for I'm kind of researching more because I've got a handful of clients, so I gotta I gotta check out make sure I'm not like duplicating something and looking too similar to people. I've got to be aware of that because that's part of the job. But sometimes it's incredible just to take a a breather from all that and not see anything on the internet. Just try not to look at any other people around you. I think that might be a little bit of a uncommon way to see it or to, to view it, but it can help a lot because then you start just drawing ideas. You start trying to create and trying to imagine what you think is whatever, a sick work, mm-hmm. right, to put out there. And I think that can help, too. Because sometimes people ask me, like, oh, how do you get your style? Well, style is kind of general, a general word. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't just do kind of one style, I guess. You know, right. I go through a lot of different phases of experimentation. So I guess experimentation is the style. <laughs> Mm. Uh, have you always done uh <laughs> i guess so. yeah style is kind of like a broad thing to say when you're talking about like something so specific but have you always mm-hmm. kind of worked um you know brand identity and logo design and somewhat in this um 
in this, uh, let's call it like look of experimentation or however you want to classify, have you always kind of been with that? I guess we'll just say style, lack of better word. <laughs> totally, man. I, th- I think for the most part, right. I mean, there's definitely some guys that even that the spiral mm-hmm. uh, cover over there in the packaging international by, uh, Wim Crowell. I don't know exactly how to say, I think there's a different way to say it, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, he's one of the greats. And so guys like him, Saul Bass, you know, you kind of, I kind of heard about that stuff in college a little right. bit. Um, some other guy, you know, well-known people. And then you hear about other guys like Cruz Novio. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, I don't think he was really popular or the counterprint came out with a book. That's awesome. That, you know, and his stuff was extremely structural and bold and mm-hmm. most of it's done on grids. And I love that kind of stuff. I'm just, I gravitate towards yeah. it. So I guess I tend to kind of try to build shapes and stuff like that. And then use that restraint as a, sort of stranded on the desert island situation where you only got this space and you only got, you know, 36 blocks. What are you going to do with it? And mm-hmm. how do you, you know, how do you push yourself? Because basically that's what happens when you have clients too, right? You have restraints. They're going to yeah. give you, um, usually they do. Usually they have some type of concept or specific request. So you have to stick to that and make sure that you're, appropriate, you know, recognizable, distinguishable mm-hmm. from the rest. That's the challenge of it. Uh, so I think so. Yeah. For, you know, a lot of those guys influenced me for sure. Bauhaus stuff, Bauhaus yeah. movement. I had to do like a poster over that in college and I, I'll never forget that. And I kind of turned to learning back then it was, I butchered it of course, because you're in college and it's like, I didn't know how to do straight angles as yeah. much or even perfect circles. Like, then I realized, oh man, I was using this. I wasn't even shift clicking on some of this stuff. Like it's kind of <laughs> bad. Um, yeah. And now these, I feel like, you know, over in Europe, they probably teach a lot better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so they probably, uh, they're probably a lot more particular about learning those little detailed things, right? Mm-hmm. Just small things that actually really polish your work off. Yeah. Do you think that, so, um, like, the style, I guess, that you um, kind of is recognizable in your work. Has it gotten to the point where most clients you work with, it's kind of uh, like expected, like they want something to look in this, in this like modernist or like Swiss style rather than like, you don't really, you probably don't get a lot of inquiries that are outside of that. Right. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much anything I share, just the, the standard of it, a lot of it's like, it's funny because the screenshots are now all black and orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to that point where it's all that kind of later, I don't know, 2019 and past. And I archive a lot of stuff because I like to clean things up. And I have, a yeah. certain, if I, I want something to look to me the way I think it should look and no one else cares, of course they don't care. But, you know, I just kind of organize things like that. So it's usually, I think it's probably 2019 and later, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of the experimentations of, well, 36 days of type, which I'm really grateful for that because I don't really participate in any, anything else. I'm trying to think if I have maybe a couple like collaborations with some select yeah. designers where they reached out to, hey, let's do something together. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, what do you, what do you have in mind? Right. <laughs> and then uh, we do something cool. Um, so that, that's fun too just to make cool stuff with other people. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. I think like that's a big thing is just the experimentation, pushing, per, you know, pushing the limits of geometry using simple shapes. Yeah. People love that stuff. That's what they hire me for. Um, yeah. a lot of it's like thick, the thick and thin stuff. Do you notice like the really thin lines with a bold right. shape and they kind of, they kind of curve into each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that, but there's something, I guess it's balanced and right. it's, it feels fluent. And uh, I think a lot of people were really drawn to that. Right. So um, I, I love think it too. <laughs> the super bold, like, you know, mono, like mono thick line. Um, I think it's beautiful, but I think it could be scary for someone to think like, this is it, you know, like this simple 
one stroke thing like this is going to be our <laughs> brand and i feel like people that aren't like keen to like you know stuff that can be minimal and bold and strong could be like hesitant to think like you know this is the final mark because they they see we see so many logos nowadays that are over complicated it's it's like easy to think that you need everything in it you know uh-huh yeah i fully agree it can be a little scary for some clients when they see something that's too simple Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for me to have a variation of work out there on Dribble, Instagram, whatever it is. Yeah. Still really weak at website stuff. So I got to get, you know, get that out there. My wife is always like, okay, you have to decide what kind of projects you want on that and then decide what kind of projects you want on our LLC, which is courier design, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of differentiating a little bit. Cause I, I've had a handful of people, you know, comment, Oh, what's the difference? Or this person took from you. No, that is me. I just, you know, I do some stuff for fun here and then courier usually will have a little bit more client projects or mock-ups. Yeah. How do you, um, like when you get inquiries, I guess, do you kind of feed it through there or are some projects you as an individual identity and other projects taken through like, cause courier for people don't know it's you and your wife, right? Is like a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She and she works at Bath and Body Works full time, so she'll just jump in at any time that you know it's like two D animation or any kind of web stuff, web kind of help because I'm not, I don't have that skill. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll sit in and try to, to try to guide uh, what I think is is proper, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's the expert at that type of stuff um, and does a little bit more uh, illustration stuff too. So. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not quite, that's a good question. Cause how do you differentiate, you know, uh, right now more people are reaching out on my personal, I think it's just because of maybe more followers, people right. take that, people will kind of take that serious when mm-hmm. it's like, you, sometimes you see some of these greater designers and they have such a small, it's almost a shame. Yeah. Cause I mean, not, not that many people know about me. I'm just, you know, kind of trying to build something myself too. And, but I think, you know, some of these guys like Polly Boo, they, I mean, they, they have been around for a long time and have some really good books out and they, mm-hmm. they love the, the stuff they do and they've influenced a lot of people. So it's always kind of interesting, I guess. It doesn't matter too much, right? But yeah. uh, I think clients might take that pretty serious. They'll see numbers and think so too. They think, they think, oh, you know, this person has 100K, I should go with them just because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think we live in that that society of numbers or five star ratings, the reviews. Yeah. Some of that can be a little bit deceiving, right? Right. I mean, some of it can be helpful. Yeah, it's, I've seen some, <laughs> you know, some it. of the biggest designers that I kind of look up to that are more like old heads, you know, and their Instagram is mm-hmm. basically just like pictures of them and their family you know like if you had no uh idea you would almost never even know that they were like this badass designer from like the 80s or whatever yeah exactly that's the funny part about it is like they're underestimated i think but yeah to each his own right some people just like to share their what what like things they see outside when they go for a walk and that's yeah whatever i think too there's a confidence in that like when you see someone like that you I kind of assume, oh, they probably already have tons of clients without the internet, you know, like they don't even really need <laughs> yeah. to advertise constantly because they've built these relationships like almost, almost like dated before, like we, this, stu- this whole, like, you know, kind of, um, weird dynamic even existed with like followers uh-huh. and all this stuff. Oh, I agree. Yeah. They've yeah. got, you know, whatever big firm they work at and they've got a whole team who takes care of bringing people in, things like that. So yeah, yeah. And they've known those guys for a long time. Yeah, you're right. That's definitely true. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, like I, I saw, I read a little bit about it. I think on one of your either posts or on your stories about the way you design a lot of your marks in a, a nine by nine, I think it was like square grid. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And um, I wonder I if you could, like kind of talk about a little bit the process on that and what kind of got you to work that way inspired you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a really exciting part of my process to me. And I think it's kind of a nerdy thing 
because mm-hmm. I was really bad at math in high school stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I like didn't do very good. Right. And, you know, people right. are always like, you're not going to have the advanced class. That's for sure. That's all right. Uh, but getting out, you know, doing my own thing with, I think learning, like I said, you, you see some of these older designers, they use the, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, have you seen the NASA grid as well? Yeah. The worm logo on the grid. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sometimes it's funny because some of that's off the grid. I'm like, oh, it's not fully, but yeah. I, I know what they were doing optically. They were adjusting with the S or the N. Um, but anyways, yeah, so stuff like that, right? I think that was kind of a big influence to me. Uh, Wim Crowell again, like I said, he like had fonts that were just based on the grid too. So I thought that's pretty cool, and then. So when I was at the warehouse, I just started getting into that stuff. And I was like, well, how do you, what's the grid? Like, why would I want that? Why would it, you know, benefit me? And it was weird at first because I I tried it and it frustrated me. I thought, well, I can't, I don't have any freedom. I can't do anything on here. Because then I started learning the snap to grid Mm -hmm. feature. Um, And by the way, the nine by nine, that was just how my computer was set up or like how illustrator was set up. I think that was, I, yeah, maybe it was 10 by 10, but there's some kind of weird setting. I'll have to check it out because I messed with it, helping out a friend uh, last year and his was 10 by 10. So we were trying to figure out like, how do I use nine by nine? Yeah. But so I stuck to the nine by nine just because I think it was default on my illustrator. And, um, after just trying out, trying to build things, I I realized it was basically like Legos Mm -hmm. because you're snapping shapes together and it's, it's actually perfected. You, you don't, there's no human air to a lot of the things you do when you snap the grid. So it's like, if you're drawing something on a grid and you know what you're doing, you know that you want to connect this shape to this shape. Um, then, you know, you can just do it really quick on the snap to grid. So in a lot of ways, um, it's interesting because you can see some people who are really talented draw a full, uh, really nice, uh, just filled out and shaded logo, right? Well, you see a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's great. But sometimes, like a lot of my sketches, well, I mean, even how these guys, I'm just real quick. I mean, this is not gridded, right? This is just really quick stuff off grid. Yeah. But I kind of know how to do most of the stuff on the grid now because I've just played with it a lot and like when to go on and off. Mm-hmm. to snap off the snap on um but yeah i was just trying it out i was frustrated like i said and i got really into it though after a while it started making sense because it was it took away the human factor mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff so you're you start respecting numbers like it and like the numbers that i started realizing i i thought were interesting to me and you start to see some i guess ratios but like threes sixes and nines and then you like double that. So it's like 18 or, t- or 27, 36. And those like you start to realize mm-hmm. the um, the little tool on the top that has it's like the measurement. It has right. all the, the pixels. Um, so that just works for me. I tried it out a lot. I started experimenting with it. And I thought this was really cool. This is a fun way to build it because it's like Legos. Mm-hmm. You're just like snapping it together and it kind of has this one way to go sometimes. Um, so I guess just something I, that was a weird experimentation. I don't know. It's funny because illustrators like got it's loaded now, especially mm-hmm. if you have like a astute graphics. I like to use one thing on a astute graphics, the plugin tool and it's just texture. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a very minimal aspect of it. So there's so many things on these awesome programs and we're really, um, you know, we got it good that we can just use any of these features and stuff. But that little grid system and the snap to grid and then unsnap, like when I want to do something a little bit more manual, it works mm-hmm. really well for me. I just love the feel of it. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird. Like I said, it just kind of made me uncomfortable at first. And then I, I started moving shapes around. I realized, oh, when you build a circle and the rings, you it's quicker because you just shift click on the snap. Maybe I'll just have to start, you know, learning the video. And I, I waited too long for that, right? <laughs> People yeah. have asked for, like, how do you do? Maybe just take something a little bit more simple and say, here's how I build it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So 
it, it it's just a lot of fun, man. Like you can you can do anything with it. Actually, you can pretty much do any of the logos you want to do out there that are really simple, just to, through the grid. It's just like you have to learn the techniques. Right. Let me know if I'm answering yeah, your yeah, questions yeah. right. I you're hope good. I'm not like overwriting. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. I was just yeah, because that stuff definitely can be um, intimidating. Like sometimes when I try to work within a grid, like, you know, just building stuff with shapes, I feel like it's like, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to even be able to make this curve or whatever that I want. Uh, and then, yeah. but I've seen, I'm happy to walk you through. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. And and I've seen you and I've seen other people obviously do it. Like, like I'm sure you could build most of your marks, like, purely with the basic shapes not even like the pencil you know like you're just using the square and circle and the selection mm -hmm. tool and rounding corners and stuff and it's impressive <laughs> yeah, in cool. its own right and i feel like the i i wish that non-designer people like knew that some of that stuff is like way harder than some of the crazy like detailed things that you see because you had to do mm -hmm. it out of like more um primitive like i guess geometry or whatever yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like you're taking really elementary numbers, and but you're you're being patient. Patience probably is the biggest thing, mm -hmm. because I'm not like that. I tend to try to do things as quick as possible, but mm -hmm. I had to be super patient to learn how to be optimal. I had right. to take time to say, okay, if it's gonna snap, how do you work with a few squares first, and then squares mm -hmm. and circles. And then you focus on the circles and then how do you do thick and thin? You know, you're taking basically a rectangle, you measure it, how much, how thick you want it to be. And then you've got a larger rectangle that's angled. You combine them with the shape builder tool and you've got some kind of awesome shape that, you know, a handful of people are making like fonts out of that style too. I've yeah. seen a handful of people uh, in which I have to, I have to do that too. Kind of, do my own take on that but i you know it's one of those things you just gotta figure out how to carve time out but yeah it's a lot of fun like you know just you've been just thinking about that out. making a font yeah oh yeah for a long time it's it's long overdue it's one of those things like i said um i'd love to do it i think that a couple so a couple people said because i put on my stories like does anybody out there have any recommendations for a course like something because i i think i learn sometimes i learn better like if you if you taught me if you knew how to do a font right and you mm -hmm. taught me i'd probably do a little bit better like if right. you walked me step by step and said you know if you're just a little patient with me and you showed me exactly mm -hmm. sort of that chronological order I right. think I do a lot better at that. Yeah. And yeah, so I've, I would like that. I'd, I'd like to do that. I know there's a couple other, I think some of the sources people sent me as well. There's a German one. I forget the name. They look cool. I mean, it, it but it was costly too. It was like a thousand or something oh, wow. like that. And, you, and they, you know, walk you through everything. Mm -hmm. So it, it might be really good, but I don't know if it's uh if it's fully German or not English. Yeah. So maybe that wouldn't work out too well. Yeah, I'm sure uh, there's but, like tens of Skillshare yeah. shit into all like yeah. that to like kind of mm -hmm. get you, uh, yeah. I guess, going or whatever. <laughs> exactly. There's a there's a guy on there, Kyle Wayne Benson, and I know he does did some really cool stuff. Um, so I'm probably gonna hit his class up on yeah. Skillshare and then then uh, just try font self for something really simple. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get all caps and lowercase because I noticed when I, I purchased the typeface and it's only all caps, I'm slightly disappointed Yeah. because I, you know, I just want a little bit of more variation. I like so lowercase I too, I, usually like for a lot of applications. So if it's all caps, it kind of very makes <laughs> me feel like it's only for like headlines or something. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure those people who make that, they just want it, want it for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I feel weird about releasing something that's only all cap. That doesn't sit right with me. So I'd want to, I would want to have, you know, all your basic lifts, lowercase caps, maybe a couple extra little things. Cause I know some guys are doing some cool stuff. I don't know his last name. I think his name's Peter. He has one called old North and it's on type department. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar 
with their stuff, but they seem to be growing, like selling a lot of fonts. And he has like a dagger, or it's kind of like a cross dagger. And yeah. it's just something nice. Is a, it feels thematic and it feels like it fits into the set. So, yeah. Shout yeah, out to that, him. It's, that stuff's cool. I don't know the last name, but. A lot of people I've noticed it. been having in their in their fonts, they'll have little like, um, oh, I guess just like uh, upgraded, you know, dingbats or whatever you want to call them, like just yeah. little flowers and little like kind of almost uh, like a little flourish, like very old inspired, like from kind of some of the older typefaces. Um, there's this one guy, I forgot his name. I'll throw it up on the edited version of the video, but I think he's one of the guys that works at like Pangram Pangram and uh, on 36 days of type, he was designing a typeface every day instead of just the letter. It was crazy. That's insane. (laughs) I I, I never ran across that. I'll definitely have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you after. I just can't remember what it's called, but someone was telling me about it and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like they had the glyphs and everything and the numbers, everything. So I love that attitude towards, yeah. Like the extreme taking after you do the first year, you're like, okay, how do I just do nine of each? Like I did my own, but like Mm -hmm. when 36 days of type wasn't around, I just like did nine of each, but it would be cool to do that. Yeah. That's a really, yeah, I love the discipline he put into it. I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just pushing the limit. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> definitely, definitely cool. aspirational to just like say times every day by, you know, 50 or whatever it, it may be. Sick, dude. Um, <laughs> when did you start? Because you were talking a little bit about, you know, organizing stuff, like the way that you like it. And I was wondering when and why you started doing like the orange, uh, orange and black, like grid and everything. Yeah. So orange, just the color in general, I think there's some influence in early childhood, my dad being in construction. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of the power, so I always thought about that too. It's like maybe some of those tools and stuff that I thought were cool to, to handle, it, yeah. you know, see him work off of, uh, were influential. Cause I feel like influence is really interesting like that. You don't, it, it affects you at times you don't think it does. Sure. I guess that's my theory on it, <laughs> how mm-hmm. it works. And, um, but orange also is a color of uh, energy and positivity. And mm-hmm. also it's kind of like, Hey, I've got something to say. Right. And I like that. I like that. Cause I feel like my personality is kind of like that too. Um, when I'm in a group of new people, I'm probably the last person to talk, but mm-hmm. I'd like, you know, if I, if I say something, it should be important. Yeah. I was like, it's straight to the point. And then black, of course, that rich black is just simple. It's clean and it's serious. I mean, black is a serious color, right? Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of like unreadable too. It's got a little mystery to it. The guy who wears a black t-shirt to work every day is kind of, <laughs> you underestimate him maybe. Yeah. So I kind of think that's cool. Um, but overall, black is just clean and having a simple color palette. I mean, I use a beige and I think it's just because it's easier on the eyes and also mm-hmm. the Bauhaus influence. A lot of those old posters and Soviet posters, they used to like a light beige instead of a white or yeah. at least the paper looked like that. Maybe it was just old paper. That's where, true. You know, <laughs> yeah. worn out. So I, I like that easy on the eyes. I noticed that white when I'm working on it, it hurts my eyes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I use just a kind of a nice, light lighter beige um but yeah i just love that i'm very excited about that color palette i've always loved it yeah i even got this like i found this beer label or yeah beer bottle and it's like it looks more red probably to you um but it's kind of that red orange you know and it's like i just love finding things that are in that color palette too like collecting my friend and yeah. there's this other designer i'm not sure if you know him but his name is harry vincent and uh oh, he yeah. uses like yeah. that same kind of red orange like all over and it's funny because i'm looking at my phone right now and i was messaging both of you guys awesome. and you both have that orange right there <laughs> <laughs> that's sick yeah. yeah harry's cool he's very friendly he actually uh-huh. just posted like something like red buddy like black and red like he he posted something of um of my work and said that we were bread buddies. So I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah, so. and it's cool because so 
Basically, even yeah. if you have something that kind of lives outside of that, will you just repurpose it into those colors to put it on your page and everything? Well, that's a good question. I I think for the most part, because I like to have a palette. For me, it's, it may be a selfish reason where I just like having it structured. Mm-hmm. And also, I think there's a lot of great designers out there who don't do that. And I think, man, if you just had some kind of kiss consistency you know of course they've just got to be interested in that type of thing but i guess i get caught up in details mm-hmm. with mine at least i'm like well i gotta have some kind of because in itself it's kind of like a one big portfolio mm-hmm. so why would you have every color in the rainbow i don't know that doesn't make sense to me unless every post was rainbow or had some kind of coordination to it right so it, it frustrates me when i see stuff like that that's a little i'm just detail oriented like that Mm -hmm. so um like you know a lot of the photographers i would follow they all had that they had some kind of theme with the fog and it was like the gray blues or some kind of faded green and every shot had some kind of you know um resonation with the other post you Mm -hmm. know so it kind of felt like a set and i like that yeah Uh, you don't ever feel like restricted well, it's a it's a good thing. I I, yeah. I mean, I restrain myself a lot. I restrict, yeah, grids or whatever whatever it might be, and then client work you get restricted stuff too. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't get too frustrated by it. Maybe maybe early when I first started, I didn't understand the benefit behind it. But um, yeah, I've had a handful of people ask or clients like potential clients ask, "Do you do any of colors?" And it's like, <laughs> no, I only know black and orange. So yeah. I don't know green, blue, yellow, or purple stuff. Yeah. Nah, I'm just giving That's them a funny. hard time. But um, I guess it is what it is. But it's nice to have something that people kind of know. Hey, mm-hmm. he's the guy that does like crazy red, neon, red, orange, or whatever, and black. Because not not many people run with it. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, how do you feel about it? Do you? You, um, I like you it as a viewer oh, okay. and I've always wanted to yeah. do it. I've done similar things in the past with just whether, cool. even if, even with something huh. as, as minor as the background all being the same, you know, or the, um, yeah. or using just black and gray. I was doing that for a while. Like whatever client project I did, let's say it was a mark. I would just convert it, just make only post the black version. Right. Even if there was a full color, but, um, I think for me, the, it started to overcome like where I felt like I couldn't put everything I wanted on the, on there. And I didn't know how to like solve it. And like, uh, especially now with doing like video stuff, it's kind of like, what am I supposed Uh, to do? Like black and white, you you know? (laughs) Yeah. It kind of makes it look depressing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're like trying to honor the, you know, whatever that color that people like to have in their backgrounds and stuff yeah, i and totally understand that's different for you <laughs> looking at it i'm like yeah. oh i wish my page looks sometimes like a kind of like a mess and i'm like oh i wish i kind of had some of that structure still but then i think yeah. about it most people at least i think are interacting with something like as it comes as an individual thing rather than the only time they're looking at the whole thing is if they're really like going into investigate you you know but most people are (laughs) seeing stuff separate from the entire system so it's like i just came to kind of live with it and i felt like the opposite of you uh i guess in the way where it's like oh no my my uh like perfect things gone it kind of felt like a relief in the sense that like oh now i can do whatever i want finally yeah yeah totally man no i respect that because you got to be got to free yourself from stressing out too much about the perfection, which and don't, you, you don't even have a, all no. your stuff's just Instagram and dribble, right? You, and you have the, the company yeah. site pretty much at the studio site. Yeah, that's it for now. I technically do have a website, but it's really not up. I, mm. I have a few things on it and I just need to really work through it and make sure that I have up there what needs to be up there. Probably just like, probably not even maybe six projects or nine just keep it like kind of simple yeah i i get overwhelmed when i I see a portfolio and it has like 20 pieces in it i i can't go through that (laughs) yeah i'll probably just keep it simple i've also noticed like a trend that kind of 
I think looks cool aesthetically, like it's very European, but the portfolios that are kind of just like everything's just text, you know, and you kind of have to click on it to find the projects. Like there's no real like preview. You just click on the oh, name yeah, yeah. of the client. I think it looks cool, but it kind of like stresses me out. Like I'm looking at like a web 1.0 yeah, site or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll fully, fully agree to that. Cause I think I saw it's funny you said that cause I was on, Pinterest just looking because I I get obsessed just finding typefaces people that people and these guys are like way younger than me and I'm like wow this is insane yeah. really cool to see and um, one of the sites was like that and I oh I can't I got yeah. I mean there, it's probably great it's probably great it's just it's like in whatever 108 point every single word was huge and it was too and my wife's the same way she's like oh I she gets stressed out. So yeah. I understand. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I mean, I always heard one thing from like one of my professors, I used to get so in like my surrounding students too, we'd get so obsessed with the portfolio. And I just realized like, it should just be like the container shouldn't outshine like what's the product inside of it. You know, like I'm just uh -huh. trying to make my thing, like have my name on it and the list of projects and you go in there and you, the work is what you're looking at, not like the UI and, and how like, you know, crazy parallax scrolls and shit. Like I just huh. wanted to, sometimes <laughs> I think the people overcomplicate it and it kind of takes away from the actual projects, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You can easily overthink it and then get caught up in the details that are not near as important as the core of product mm -hmm. or service. For like sure. you said too, like you shouldn't jam pack it either. Like I, I think it's good to, if you get a really good project you want to put in there, I try to keep the the practice of replacing the worst one rather than just adding it on, you know, mm -hmm. or worst, exactly. I guess, of the six or whatever you want to <laughs> say. Exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah, keeping it simple for people and what you think is your, your best work at the moment. I think that's mm -hmm. what's important. Craftsmanship. Um, how is it like, I t we spoke a little bit about it, but how does it, like running the kind of, I guess, studio with yourself and, and your wife, like how does that go? Is it ever feel like there's not a lot of like separation between work and you guys like personally and stuff like that? Oh, you know, that's a, that's a good one. I think right now it's actually pretty chill. Mm -hmm. It, you know, we don't have an insane amount of work. It's nothing too, too crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, one of those things where well, I like to do maybe two or three, at a time and and i usually hold back from doing more than that so i think right. that's it's kind of like learning how to okay what what should i take on and mm -hmm. then i've got the rest of the time with my wife or go to see my parents something like that you know spending yeah. time with family um so right now yeah it's, it's pretty good i think when i was at vs and i was the production designer mm -hmm. and then i was still I felt like I still had a lot of work, like a lot more people were reaching out just cause I was posting more back then. Yeah. So I had to deal with getting told what to do all day. Someone, someone emailing me and then walking around the corner before I could reply. Come on. Yeah. That's insane. And then I have, you know, I have that stress <laughs> and then I go home and I've got, you know, some, you know, one or two people that might want stuff quicker. Yeah. Um, so, it's also really nice to have clients right now that are super chill about when they need things done. Sure. Right. Like the, for a while now, it's been super relaxed on, I'm the one who pressures them into like getting mm -hmm. back quicker. Same, so that's same. probably, a, it's kind of, yeah. Sometimes it can be weird. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't want to make them feel stressed, but you also want to like take initiative and, let them know that you're, you're prioritizing them. You've got right. a lot of energy and focus towards adding value to whatever they want to do. Yeah. It's different. Uh, like so when I was working at a, at a job in like the corporate world or whatever, everything's so like, you know, here's this, like, we'll get back to you in like three, four days. And then you have to come back and forth and like people take forever to email. <laughs> like when I have something ready for someone, yeah. it's like, why would I wait around on purpose? You know, I'm just like, is this good to go? If it's good, I'll get you everything you need and you get, you can, you can go fly away. Like I know I said it would take a month, <laughs> but I finished it in two weeks. So if you want it, like we're good. I'm not just going to like stay on our schedule just because we said it would take longer. You would think that I think, uh, 
there's a fine line between you want to be look like you're efficient, but you don't want the client to think that was like, that was a little too fast. Like how much work did they put yeah. into it? Or <laughs> yeah. Like they don't care. They just want the check or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I fully understand. <laughs> yep. I you get got, that. You got anything? Um, <laughs> one of the last few things I wanted to talk to you, just you, you have anything, uh, kind of coming up that you're excited about any projects or any, uh, personal things. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just working on a couple client things. I usually keep those quiet because yeah. I want them to, uh, whenever they're ready to, to announce those things, you know, then mm, I do if, sure. if, if they're okay with it. Um, and then other than that, yeah, well, like we said, kind of typeface stuff, maybe I'll just kind of work off a of font self with a display mm. and try to do upper and lowercase. So, sure. I mean, that might be something to keep, keep out on the radar. Now, but, now you've set uh, it online. <laughs> taking so. my time with it. You've said it out loud, so oh, yeah. now you so might now have... I got to do it tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> got to do one every day now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's fun. I'm getting back into it. So, I mean, I think people are starting to be aware that I'm just starting to nice. share a lot more work that I'm excited about, just trying to get focused and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, took a big break, so I think I'm pretty much recharged, ready to take on whatever. So That's good. I think, yeah, absolutely. But then here, you know, next few weeks, yeah, there'll, there'll be inquiries. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. When you start posting a lot more, there's a good amount more. So it's got yeah, to decide definitely. what to take on. Oh, so. yeah. Um, other than that, if you guys want to hear a little bit more, go ahead over to the Patreon. We'll be doing a little Q&A with Ethan. But I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, man. It was awesome uh, getting to meet you and everything. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, Jesse. It's been of great. Of course. All right, everyone, you can check out Ethan, uh, E-T-H-N-F-N-D-R on Instagram, uh, Ethan Fender, and go check out his awesome work and check out the Patreon if you want to hear more, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace.